0: Eyes, get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, 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 good people. It is Wednesday, November the 2nd, 2022. Y'all decided to wake your asses up with Ray G. And for that, I appreciate y'all being there. Shout out to Prize Picks, sponsor the show. Use the promo code WAKE UP, get in all the prop bed action with myself, the DD community. And Jay Rich, but it was only right. We start with Migos straightening this morning. Rest in peace. Take off uh, crazy news that happened out of the hip hop culture world yesterday. So just want to shout out. We we, we rocked with the Migos over here. I'm a big hip hop and rap fan. So just... Thoughts and prayers to that whole family. Just crazy, crazy senseless violence, man. So, rest in power, take off. Uh, but it's good to see y'all in the building. Ricardo, main event. Jeff in the building. Joey, what's happening? L. Woods, Leo. Who else we got in the building? Jeff, Matt Brune in here. Shout out to Campus to Canton, man. Get sharper with Campus to Canton. Go over there and check out all the stuff that they do. Lindsey Mack, what's up, my girl? Lindsey Mack in the building. Jesse Garcia. What's happening? Matthew in the building, Goat Rings in the building, Dynasty Barry, Marlon. Good to see y'all. Good to see y'all this morning. We got a lot to talk about. NFL trade deadline. Got a new little little segment type deal that we're going to talk about today. Uh, But I got to get my boy Jay Rich in the building. Jay, how you doing this morning, brother? I'm good, man.
1: A lot to talk about with the deadline yesterday. A very active deadline. 20 players traded. What is this? Like this, I know. is like the baseball deadline, the NBA deadline, up. it's good to see the NFL get in on the action because the NFL trade deadline for years has been basically non-existent. Now we're seeing fantasy relevant players get moved. Yeah. Some teams go like kind of going forward a little bit. I'm happy to see it, man. Didn't see Cam Akers get traded though, which kind of yeah. sucks. Didn't um, see
0: Akers get traded. I did.
1: He's. He's what? He's what? What are we about? I was say, say about he's acres? the one that I think I wanted to see traded okay. the most because he's like I know people want to see Kareem Hunt get traded, Brandon Cooks get traded, but he literally has been a healthy scratch on his own roster for weeks, and it just sucks, man. Like he's talented running back, I want to see him thrive, and he's just now, what do they do with them? They're yeah. talking about they're not going to cut him. It's, it's they're going to bring it's, him, it's back. Tough, it's it's him back, man. tough, they're going to bring him back.
0: It's they're going bring him back. We'll see how that plays out, um, Jay. But I did see so. You know, my wife and I, we went to school at Texas Southern University in Houston, Texas. So we're watching the World Series. We're fair weather baseball fans. But I will say, I told you, now that my son is into baseball, I've started to started to appreciate the game a little bit more. But we're watching the game yeah. last night, and it's just homer after homer for the Phillies. The Philadelphia Eagles, 7-0. The Philadelphia Phillies won 7 to nothing last night. Yeah. So I saw that tweet, and it's just like— Seems like the stars are aligning for uh, Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia fans. So uh, hopefully the Astros can get it done. They're down 2-1 in that one right now. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, But enough baseball talk. We'll get to all the baseball stuff uh, another day on another show. Let's just get right into it. We We don't need to bury the lead. Let's go straight facts and get right into the trades and talk about the fallout. Let's go.
1: The Biggest News. In the world of sports, covered and brought to you by one man, Jordan Richards. This is Straight Facts, presented by Michelle Adoro. Yeah,
0: Michelle Adoro. We didn't talk about it at the beginning, but I've been up, Jay, since 4.40 this morning. So I've had two cups of coffee. So I just got water right now. I've been up since 4.40 this morning. Don't ask me why. I have no clue, but shout out to Michelle Adora. Use the promo code wake up, get 15% off coffee. I mean, you can get some nice glasses. I just got a, I just got a Michelle Adora water right here. I don't know if they sell the water, but the glass is dope. So I just got some water today. Uh, but Jay, let's get into the news. What's the first first kind of trade you want to talk about and talk about the fallout from this first trade?
1: So the first trade, I think it's probably the biggest one for fantasy purposes as far as I'm concerned. And it's the Buffalo Bills bringing in Naheem Hines and getting rid of Zach Moss. That's also the biggest one? A condition. I think so, yeah. I think so. I mean, okay. you talk about t- teams that are trading for players. They're all really non-contenders, right? Like, maybe you could say the Dolphins are contenders. Maybe you could say that the Jaguars are contenders. I probably wouldn't make that assumption. But I think the Buffalo Bills bringing in Naheem Hines is notable, right? They tried to sign J.D. McKissick, unsuccessful. They tried to make it work with james cook maybe it is working maybe it isn't i don't know but i think the biggest thing here is that they're trying to take some work away from devin singletary right he's has i think the sixth most pass block reps in the nfl right now he's obviously toting the rock for them he's catching the ball out of the backfield james cook is somewhat involved but now that he's being brought in and they're bringing Naeem hines into buffalo what does that mean for that team and more importantly for that backfield going forward right
0: man i i don't
1: know I, I this
0: one this one puzzled me because they kept saying Hines was gonna get traded. He was gonna get traded. He was gonna get traded, which he did. But uh, Buffalo in the offseason, they tried to get JD McKissick, right? That didn't work out. They spent a second-round pick on James Cook, whose yeah. calling card out of Georgia was his pass catching ability. I don't see him, I don't see him run any pass routes. He doesn't do anything. He carries the ball three times a game. And uh, he looks fine when they give him the ball. Like, outside of his first game, his first carry where he fumbled and then got buried for, like, four weeks. Every time he gets the ball, he seems, he looks fine to me. I mean, he doesn't look spectacular. He's not running through a bunch of tackles, but he looks fine to me. So, them acquiring Naheem Hines, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm confused. This backfield is confusing. And this is why as good as Devin Singletary has been and – as admirable of a job as he's done, like you don't even want Singletary. He's gonna give you his eight to twelve yeah. carries a game, fifty to sixty yards, no touchdowns. You're hoping he catches the ball. I just I don't know. I don't know how they deploy him, but they traded for him for a reason. And I I, I truly this is one where I just I don't know. I don't know what to think about it, man. I I honestly it's not like he's traded to the Bills and now your wheels up Naheem Hines. I'm gonna throw him in the lineup. If anything My big takeaway was make sure you have Deion Jackson rostered. You know, right now, Jonathan Taylor, his ankle is good. It's not good. He tweaked it. He didn't tweak it. He's efficient. He's not efficient. But I think what it shows is Indianapolis has confidence in Deion Jackson to be the number two behind Jonathan Taylor. And that's an important role. Every time Deion Jackson got to step up and play, he produced as a top 12 running back for us. So for me... That was my big takeaway, that the pathway is cleared for the RB2 in Indy and, and Deion Jackson. And we got to see Deion Jackson on the field a little bit with, all, with Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor both active. So I don't really know. I don't really want to mess with the Bills' backfield, man. If it ain't Josh Allen, if it's not Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox, if you fade a tight end, I just don't want anything to do with him, man.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Is that Singletary now kind of becomes a primary rusher more likely exclusively, maybe not right away because Hines will have to be involved in the offense. But over time, he will probably take over that pass catching role and the pass blocking role where he's had a lot of success in the NFL. And I think the bigger part here as well is that they also had him in for these two minute offenses where they're running right. hurry up and Hines can excel in that role as well. Okay. So you're taking that potentially away from Singletary. But like you mentioned, Deion Jackson really is the big winner here. And I think James Cook potentially could be buried even further down the roster if Hines does ultimately take his job. Because in some ways, Ray, I think that Hines is kind of the best running back fit on this team for the team. They can run quick, they can play hurry up, and Hines can kind of do all that. While Devin Singletary has been fine, I think that Hines does provide a slightly better skill set to do a bit of everything if they want to run hurry up and you you know, you know look at the Kansas City game, Devin Singletary was blocking on tons of plays because they needed extra blockers in the backfield. And so if Hines can do that and provide a little bit more out of the backfield, I think that's beneficial for them. They're looking, obviously, at the long-term, not the short-term of the regular right. season. They're looking for Super Bowl and how they get better. So I'm not entirely surprised they brought in the back. We've talked forever about how their backfield is fine, but not great. I think Adam right. Hines does make it a little bit more deadly overall. All right. Who else do we got? What else happened, man? So do you want to get into... Your boy, Trevor Lawrence, because he got you're already there. Yesterday. You're already
0: there. What do you mean? Do I want to get into it? It's not my boy, Trevor. Just get into it, man. Jesus, man. Just get into it. The
1: Jacksonville Jaguars traded for Calvin Ridley out of nowhere. I don't think anyone was expecting this at all. (laughs) They got a 2023 conditional fifth round pick and a 2024 conditional second round draft pick. And I believe that is the ceiling for those draft picks, right? So if everything goes right, whatever the conditions are, Ridley plays, games, whatever the stipulations are, the max they can get is a 2023 fifth and then a 2024 second, which I'm assuming is more the conditional part of this part. But what does that mean for Ridley? And what does that mean for Christian Kirk? And what does that mean for Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence is a quarterback who has been mid at best. He's been mid. So far, right? At he's best, been mid. I think we he's can been say. Mid. He's what been you're mid. Getting? You're getting a top what? Five route runner in the league and Calvin Ridley. Maybe a top 15 receiver in the league And Calvin Ridley when fully healthy. Yes, it's probably not going to happen right away, but he's not suffering from injury. He's not returning from anything but a gambling addiction, which an addiction I probably wouldn't call it that. I have no problem placing parlays, but Ray, what Parleys does this mean? are the mean? worst bets to play? Go <laughs> ahead.
0: Go ahead. The, the single worst bets to pay, place but this my immediate thought is, you know I do stuff. I'm a contributor with the Draft Network and every mock, they're they're penciling in a wide receiver to Jacksonville every mock, right? Whether that's Jordan Addison, KeSean Boutte. I think I think what Jacksonville said is we're good next year at the wide receiver position. This frees yeah. them up to use their top 15 pick on another another skill position or another position, period. O-line, yeah. defensive Defense. help. I don't know what they want, right? But I think this takes them out of the market for a running back high in round one. What does this mean for Trevor Lawrence? I'll say this, man. I don't know what Ridley has. I don't know what Ridley's—like you said, he, he's not coming back from an injury. So it's not even yeah. a matter of what he has left in the tank. I think he's going to be fine. From from a playing football standpoint, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think there's any decline. I don't think Ridley's washed. He wasn't washed the last time we saw him on the field. No. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, T. Law is mid. He's he's a very so far to this point in his career, the thing that's keeping him elevated and propelled, being like this top prospect, is is what he was at Clemson and the perception that he was as the number one overall pick. If this were any other quarterback, we'd be like, man, this dude, I don't know, right? But it's Trevor Lawrence, it's the golden boy. But what I can, what I appreciate about Jacksonville is they're actually trying to surround him with competent weapons. They're actually trying to, like, they were like, all right. We'll get James Robinson out of here. We'll let ETN be the guy. We'll go get you a Christian Kirk. We'll go trade for a Calvin Ridley. I know it's not going to happen this year. They're probably going to draft Michael Mayer. Watch. Just book it. They're going to draft Michael Mayer. Watch. They're going to draft Michael Mayer. But they're trying to surround their young quarterback with weapons. And that's something that I can't say about the New England Patriots and Mac Jones. That's something that you really... I, I still struggle to say about Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. So... My overall takeaway is good for Trevor Lawrence, good for Jacksonville, not so good for Christian Kirk, and uh, I guess it's okay for Calvin Ridley. I mean, I guess it's fine. He's he's. I think he slides into that offense, and he's immediately the best receiver on that team. He's better than Christian Kirk, oh, yeah. he's better than Zay Jones, Marvin Jones is probably not there, and I think they'll draft the tight end. So I think overall... Good move for Jacksonville and they didn't have to give up much. What a conditional 24 second and a 23 fifth. Potentially the ceiling for those picks. I think it was a solid move by Jacksonville. I didn't I didn't see it coming, but I'm fine with Calvin Ridley to Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, I think it was a really savvy move, honestly, because I like I don't think we'd heard any rumors about where Ridley could go or if he was even on the trade block. We knew that he probably wasn't going back to Atlanta, but I think him going to Jacksonville is notable because he is a guy who's from Florida, right? Like, he's probably not going to Miami, but the next closest place would be Jacksonville where he's close to home, and you know, obviously, um, there was concerns about his personal life and other things going on there and other reasons why he was away from football, but it was, I think, beyond just playing in Atlanta, the situation around there. And then on top of that, Ray, we never talked about this. But even though it was unlikely, there was always the possibility that he returned to Atlanta with C.J. Stroud and all these guys. Mm-hmm. And they have Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Calvin Ridley. Great receiving core, but three talented players that we draft high in fantasy. All of them are going to take away from each other in some right, right? So I think now going to Jacksonville, he can be the alpha you know, people can say he's washed, whatever. He will be 28 going into next season, turning 29. A little washed. bit older. It's not washed. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's not yeah. washed, but it's, he is older, right? But I think the bigger thing for me is like, I think I would be willing to trade Calvin Ridley when he comes back. Not seeing, just waiting for the hype to build up. He's going to be a yes. 150 target receiver. The yeah. same thing we're talking about with Christian Kirk. If you could trade him away for someone who's worth more on your roster, potentially even now, I think that's a move I'd be willing to make. Because I don't know if he's going to be on Jacksonville. I think he'll be good. But to your point about Trevor Lawrence, you know, it's it's funny the way you s- formed that argument because it was the same thing we said about Zach Wilson. Well, at least they're bringing people around them. They do. Well, at least they're doing their best to bring. It. And we say what do we say? It's on Zach Wilson. It to is. succeed or fail. One hundred percent. in some ways, it will be on Trevor Lawrence to succeed 100%. or fail. And we'll see what happens with Trevor Lawrence. But I think that is the step in the right direction to bring in a Calvin Ridley, who we all have seen is extremely talented. And it's just the good thing for them is they didn't have to pay a lot to get him, but they will have to likely extend him. So that is worth noting. Right. I believe he's under contract for next season. Yeah. But beyond that, he will not be under contract. And I think Um, good thing,
0: good thing, good thing for Drake London and Kyle Pitts as well, because I know a lot of people were like, if Ridley comes back, how does that fit with London and Pitts? I think it's good for them. What's not good for them is Marcus Mariota, but that's another topic for another day. What else?
1: Okay, so two old friends made a deal yesterday uh, for a running back, and oh. the Miami Dolphins acquired Jeff Wilson Jr. This was after trading away Chase Evans. We'll get into that trade a little bit later. But how do you feel about Mike McDaniel just going, tapping Shanny on the shoulder, like, hey, Shanny? You, you got Christian McCaffrey. How, how do you feel about giving yeah. me uh, our old boy, Jeff Wilson, yeah. so I could pair him with Raheem Mostert? We just bring back the old running Does back team and bring it to Miami. CMC change number
0: now? That's the real question. Does CMC <laughs> oh. go to 22? Can he do that? Hmm. Can they Can they change? I don't
1: think so. He's probably printed so many 23s. The NFL, or it, Yeah, 23s. I don't think the NFL would let him. Because remember, they charge for that shit. They're okay. like, oh, yeah, you want to change that, your number. But mid-season. they could say if you
0: want to do an exchange program and then I, – I don't know. I just – I just want to see CMC back in the twenty-two. Um, here's the thing, I at this point right now, Jay, offensively, I question nothing that Mike McDaniel's does. Nothing. Whatever he touches so far has been gold. Gold. So Jeff yeah. Wilson, there is—is is something wrong with Mohi- Raheem Mostert? Did he get injured?
1: Is he banged? I mean, he's always injured. I think. It's, I think it's well when you think about it from their standpoint, you have Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds. They traded away Raheem Mostert to get Bradley Chubb, and the Denver right. Broncos need another running back. So you bring in Jeff Wilson. And I think it was a smart trade by them, honestly. You bring in Jeff Wilson, two running backs that know your system, yep. have worked in tandem in the past, and you know can fill these roles in the ways that you need them to. Chase Edmonds clearly did not fit that system. That's why he didn't play. And I think that's the main reason why you bring in someone like Jeff Wilson after he was basically relegated to the bench. Yeah, I I, um, I think it's a good move.
0: Uh, Jeff Wilson, we'll see how, he, how he's used in this offense. I'm not sure. Uh, who the... Chase Edmonds is... I traded for him in the offseason. I bought in. They brought him in. He's awful. He doesn't get the ball. Mostert's fast. and he's He's been productive. I think it's a good deal for both sides, man. I thought it was a good deal for both sides. Jeff Wilson wasn't going to play behind Christian McCaffrey. And this is good for Tyrion Davis-Price to be the primary backup behind Christian McCaffrey. He's been active. I think he got a couple of carries. So overall, like, is this a big fantasy, game-changing move? No, it's a Jeff Wilson is a decent best ball dart, complimentary back. We'll see how they deploy him. But my big thing is, anything that Mike McDaniels does, I'm not going to question it at this point because it's been gold and he's printing money. So I'm all in. Good move for Miami. I liked it, man. Like a lot of these little trades, like they're not big blockbusters. You're not seeing massive names get traded. But I think these are savvy little moves. And a player like Jeff Wilson with Rohim Mostert's injury history and his past with being banged up it could be a guy that later down the season we're only eight weeks into the season right this is week nine yep. coming up yep. so so a lot of football left to be played and he's the type of cat that if something happens to most or he could be a must-start option the deeper we get into the NFL season so I like it some insurance for Miami and uh you know that he wasn't going to be used in San Francisco so another running back on the market that can be usable I liked it I thought it was solid man huh?
1: Yeah. So now with the Dolphins going officially all in, right, they also traded for Bradley Chubb. They Mm -hmm. also got a a 2025 fifth round draft pick on top of that trading away Chase Edmonds. And then they also traded away their 2023 first round draft pick. So the Denver Broncos now have another first round or have a first round draft pick, which is San Francisco's right first round draft pick. And they also got a fourth round draft pick in 2024. What do you think about this deal, bringing Bradley Chubb? And do you care that Chase Edmonds is now on the Denver Broncos? Oh,
0: the wait, Chase Edmonds is on the Broncos.
1: Yeah, he got traded to the Broncos.
0: I didn't even, I didn't even know. Like, legitimately, Chase. Ed- <laughs> oh, so the,
1: the what, what actually Chase, happened first was wait, they traded yeah, for Bradley Chubb. Yes, they traded so for Chubb. Bradley. Yeah, so Bradley Chubb was traded to Miami for the first round pick, essentially, and Chase Edmonds because they wanted the RB depth, right? And then the Niners went, okay, Shani, come on, give me Jeff Wilson. And they just traded a fifth for him, no brought, brought Jeff Wilson back. So now Chase Edmonds is actually on Denver. And then you have Bradley Chubb now in Miami. And apparently they're also working on an extension for Bradley Chubb. So he's going to be in Miami probably for the that's long how
0: time. Non, that's how irrelevant he's been. I completely miss that Edmonds is with Denver now. So is that good for Denver? Is Edmonds good for Denver?
1: I don't know. How does he... How. It, Genuinely, Ray is he better than Latavius Murray? I I don't think so. You could say, probably oh, well, he was not. on the roster start of the season, not. but he's not. Probably and He's probably not. not better than Melvin Gordon. So maybe he's better in the receiving game. But Melvin Gordon's fine in the receiving game. Latavius Murray can catch passes, like but just getting That's a little fair. bit of depth because Mike Boone got hurt. Yeah. So you know they didn't really have an RB three. They're kind of just working with. Don't go out and tandem. buy Chase Edmonds. Like don't don't do. He's any not of that. gonna be the guy. Yeah. Like. He gets gets traded left and right. He was like the third string running back on Miami. Um, The bigger thing is Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips anchoring the edge on that defensive line is going to be really, really good. Division That's
0: going to be, that's going to and Don't they? God bless Mac Jones, man. He's got to face Buffalo (laughs) twice. Miami's defense twice. And uh, the jets twice. The jets. Woof. Uh, Tough, 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 tough. Uh, Yeah. That Broncos backfield, Leo Big fade, no, 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 no part of it, no part of it, no part of it. Uh, The Bradley Chubb deal. Listen, this hurts. This hurts Denver's defense for sure. Um, He's he's a fantastic outside linebacker. uh, Can stop the run. Can get after the pass when he's healthy. This helps Miami, like you said. Jalen Phillips on one side. You got Javon Holland in the secondary along with Xavier Howard. They got a young rookie from Texas A&M. Commerce is playing well on the back end. Uh, This is a good deal for Miami. And I saw a tweet this morning that the Laramie Tunsil video where he, or the the trade, something with Laramie Tunsil turned Miami, like that trade to Houston, turned into Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. No, it's
1: Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah, the Trey Lance Lance turned into, well, it all stemmed from the Tunsil trade initially, right? Like initially that trade ended up netting mm-hmm. Miami Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Bradley Chubb. Like when it's when all the pieces cleared that's what that ended up turning into for Miami. So yeah. Miami out here Crazy. playing chess. Miami's out here playing chess. And Troy just said it, the combination of both trades. Yes, Tunsil popped it off. Then it was Trey Lance. And I think the bigger takeaway, again, a lot of people had mocked a running back to Miami in the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. You saw a lot of Bijan Robinson to Miami. They have no first round pick now. So they're probably gonna have to get a day two running back, which Bijan probably not there in day two. But some running back candidates that could be there that are right at the top of the board, maybe uh, Blake Corum, maybe a player like Zach Charbonnet or Zach Evans or Tank Bigsby. You got a lot of guys that could potentially slot into that running back room because I do think they will get a running back at some point in the draft next year. So that's a that's
1: a big one. All right. Let's keep it going. Who else we talking about? Let's talk about the Chicago Bears trading a second round draft pick for Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the best run organizations in all of football, as far as I'm concerned, drafted Chase Claypool in the second round three years ago. And three years later, they trade him to the sorry Bears for that same second round draft pick. So they basically got his services for three years for free. But how do you feel about Chase Claypool now being with Justin Fields on the Chicago Bears? I think he's gonna play outside too, which concerns me a little bit. I like him better in the slot.
0: Man, um, at least they're trying. At least they're trying. It's it's better than Byron Pringle, Nikhil Harry, Equinemia St. Brown,
1: Dante. And Pettis. passing on and passing on George Pickens twice in the second round in the draft. <laughs> I it's it's better than that. It's
0: that's all I could really say, Jay. It's better. How do you feel about, like, honestly, this is one where Justin Fields has no problem pushing the ball downfield, and we know Chase Claypool is an athletic freak, right? He can get downfield, mm-hmm. he makes some awesome grabs. I don't know how, he said he's a top three wide receiver in the league. Let's prove it, right?
1: This I almost is, forgot about that.
0: This is, at least they're trying. I think, I think they're trying. I think, and they're going to have to pay him, too. You know this, right? They're going to have to pay yeah, Chase Claypool. That's- that's the well, shitty part. When you pay the That's second, the you're like, part. yeah,
1: they're paying him. What are they paying him? I don't know. Probably like 10 million, Probably more than $10 million a year, which is scary. I think the bigger thing, Ray, and, and I, the reason why I kind of like the fit, one thing you mentioned, best receiver realistically outside of Darnell Mooney that they have. You've seen yes. Justin Fields throw a lot of jump balls. A lot. You've seen the economy of St. Brown. Nikhil Harry's had a couple. He likes to throw those deep balls. And while I'm not the biggest Chase Claypool fan, he no, you're is not. spreading down the field. He's Okay, the catch point, he, I thought he was good out of college, and then he, in the NFL, he hasn't really shown it as much. So I think it is an upgrade for what they do in that offense, right? So I, the biggest thing here is that hopefully, maybe this gives them some confidence to throw the ball more with Justin Fields, gives Justin Fields another player to throw the ball to, while chemistry will probably be an issue right. early on. He is a guy that is fast as hell. I'll give him that credit and can't get deep. So where Justin Fields probably won't overthrow him. It's just, can he get the ball downfield, find the timing, all those things. And then as well, he is actually pretty good at running some of those crossing routes on top of that. Right. So if Darnell Moon is kind of going over the top, he can be that intermediate guy, get some yak and do some of that short area quickness stuff as well. So I hope they can find and utilize him well because he is a pretty talented player how good he can be in the league I don't know but they need playmakers and I think they brought one in that's fine it's just a second round draft pick like come on I, here's they here's, didn't even want on their roster next season you're trading a second round draft pick for him is crazy
0: yeah that that was wild to me was it a 23 second that they traded away yeah. like
1: this season, and he was drafted what, for a second rounder. He's producing as the third wide receiver on the team. We we knew on draft day, Claypool was gone. They weren't bringing him back. And the Bears were like, ah, we'll give you a second. Like, yeah. what are you doing? You shouldn't be that desperate for a wide receiver, in my opinion. I think what this does
0: is... I saw, again, I'm just following the mocks and the trends of the mock drafts. You saw a lot of mocks with, with Chicago with a top 10 pick. Taking a wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison. I keep seeing them drafting a wide receiver high. I don't think they're doing that now. Which you can argue if that's good or bad. I don't think they're taking a wide receiver with the top fifteen pick I, because they're gonna have to play play uh, play play Claypool, pay Claypool twenty play plus Claypool. million dollars. I mean, that's he's gonna well, get Christian Kirk. that much money. But. Christian Kirk got it. What's Christian Kirk yeah. getting paid per year? Yeah. But he's they got to pay Darnell Mooney, too. He's going to get Kirk money at least. That, like, you just, you just gave up. You're going to pay him. And it's going to take them out of the market for a wide receiver in the second. They don't have a second. I don't know, man. Um... Uh, at least they're trying, but I don't know. For
1: fantasy, how do you feel about it? Like, how, uh, realistically, how do you? I, feel- I, I genuinely, I genuinely do think that it's probably a lateral move for Claypool it's for fantasy. Be an but I think grade, there's a right? lot of there's a lot of upside because because you got to think about it. The volume is going to go down, right? Like they're not going to be throwing the ball forty times a game. Like the Pittsburgh, no, Steelers they're never going to throw the ball so 40 even times a game. It, even though it's spread out more in Pittsburgh, is he going to get enough volume to where he's just as good? We'll see. People are saying that the Packers offered a second. Of course they did, and they didn't get it, right? So the Bears said, fuck you guys, we're going to take Chase Claypool and overpay for a receiver. Imagine almost being
0: paired with Rodgers, and then you're like, we're going to send you with Justin Fields instead. I mean— I don't know, man. And, and okay, the Bears still have a Baltimore second-rounder from the Roquan trade. So they got a second-rounder. They did trade away Roquan Smith, which he yeah. is one of the best middle linebackers in the league. He went to Baltimore. I think that was a great move for Baltimore to get Roquan Smith to pair with Patrick Queen in the middle. Um, I think this is a fantastic trade. But uh, I do think, ultimately, this has to be a step, a positive step in the right direction for Justin Fields, how big of a step yeah. that is. Probably about as far as I can walk now with the a rupture Achilles healing. That's probably about as big as the step. All right, what else we got?
1: Uh, I want to talk about your boy T.J. Hawkinson. He oh, got a new home. The fraudulent one. He got a new one. home. T.J. Hawkinson traded the fr- in division. That Yeah. By the by the Detroit Lions trading T.J. Hawkinson in division 2020, or twenty twenty or T.J. Hawkinson a 4th round draft pick and a twenty twenty conditional fourth round draft pick were traded two Minnesota for a 2023 20, 20, third, 2023 20, third and a 2023. 20, oh no, 2023 20, second and what, 2024. Matthew, third. why would
0: I change why would I why would I not call him the fraudulent one because he gets traded? If anything, this makes him even more fraudulent because they said we don't even care the fact that we got to face you twice a year. We're going to get rid of you and roll with yeah. Brock Wright and James Mitchell. Yeah, he's still the fraudulent one. A fraudulent top five dynasty tight end that I'd be selling every chance that I can get. Uh, what does this mean for him? I think this is great for Kirk Cousins. This is a fantastic move for Cousins because as much as I call him the fraudulent one, he's still a good NFL tight end. I'm I'm just carrying the bit forward as far as people saying that he's the next George Kittle top three, top five dynasty tight end bullshit. He's not. I'd take Brock Bowers over TJ Hawkinson right now and he's not even eligible until 2024. So yes, he's a fraudulent top five tight end but he's still a good NFL asset. And I think this was a good move from Minnesota. Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, they're fine, but they needed another body in order to pull some coverage away from Justin Jefferson. This is, in my opinion, this is great for Kirk Cousins, man, who, if you look at the QB landscape in the NFL right now, Jay, you're in a dynasty startup right now. You want oh, no God. part of Aaron Rodgers. You want no part no. of Tom Brady. You want no, no part of uh, uh, Carson Wentz. You want no part of Jared Goff. You probably don't want Dar- Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Uh, yep. You're a little iffy on Lance Fields, Wilson. Russell Wilson. Russell yeah. Wilson. Trevor Matt, like, Lawrence. Yikes. And the guy that's always right there, just finishing as a top 12 quarterback every year, old man Kirk. Captain Kirk just yeah. continues to get it done at 34 years old. And playing Dynasty in a two- to three-year window, Jay, I'd probably take Captain Kirk over a lot of these other quarterbacks, man. I don't give a shit about what what fields could become 15 years from now. I'm looking two to three years. Can I rely on Captain Kirk, TJ Hawkinson, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook, a.k.a. Paul Pierce of the NFL? And I say yes, man. This is a great move for Minnesota. I think it's an awesome team move. What I think this—what happens with— Hawkinson shit, they didn't use the tight end before he got there. So I don't think he's just gonna be peppered with targets. Uh, they they never used Irv Smith very, very sparingly. So they use him. Use him a little bit. A little bit. But I, I think this is a bigger move for Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook because TJ Hawkinson's a very good blocker, so he can clear some more runway for Dalvin Cook. That's where I'm at for, that's where I'm at with the deal.
1: Yeah. So Ray, it is worth noting that Irv Smith does have a high ankle sprain. He's expected to miss eight to 10 weeks. So that's one of the bigger factors here as to why they traded for TJ Hawkinson. But I think what's funny about the other end of this trade is that the Detroit Lions actually picked up TJ Hawkinson's fifth year option this year just to trade him away to the Minnesota Vikings. So after this season, he has a nine mil cap hit that they will have to take on, but Kirk Cousins will be there for this season and next season. He's still under contract. Dead cap of forty eight million though. My goodness, Kirk Cousins just getting paid to do nothing. Oh but man, Kirk. A bit, I mean, they're six and one, right? So they're they're doing pretty good. Six and one, seven. Yeah. six, six one, yeah. and one. Six and
0: one, and no one's talking about them. Six yeah. and one, the quietest six and one good. team in the NFL, and nobody's talking about Minnesota. Nobody. Shout out to Minnesota, yeah.
1: man. Shout out to yeah, they're playing well they're playing well but yeah you're to your point Hawkinson I think is a more dynamic tight end than Irv Smith ever was I think Irv's like you talk about TJ Hawkinson being the fraudulent tight end in my opinion that is Irv Smith Irv Smith has been the most <laughs> fraudulent tight end from the moment he ever got to Alabama he's like uh, 6'2 230 and this guy is a tight end no like he's, he's never not that small
0: is he how big is Irv he's
1: Smith he's 6'2 and he's he is a 6'2". tight Let me end go. No, he, is, he is not a tight end. Ever since he's been in Alabama, I'm like, this dude is not a tight end. He's not even tall enough to play wide receiver. Heaven forbid, play tight end in the NFL. Again, he's he's fine. He can't really block that well. He can catch Herst passes. Smith is pretty fraudulent. Fraudulent he is tight end. Fraudulent. He's not. Now they have a real tight end that say what you want okay. about his abilities and his okay, time in Detroit. Okay, okay. But the fallout, and Ray, I, I don't think anyone's really mentioned this that much. Could this potentially mean that Jamison Williams is back yes, sooner rather 100%. than Yes, 100%. 100%. Right, because now you're getting a weapon off the roster. Yes, you got some draft competition back. I'm um, seeing brown people saying it's upgrade. I don't really think so. I think his role yeah, was already solidified his, in the his offense. Role, is his
0: role, agreed.
1: But DJ Shark, I think is still out right on IR. But Jamison Williams potentially coming back. Yep, could be really good news for Jerry Goff and that offense. Again, they're going nowhere this. season. They're going season. nowhere. It would be great to see them all kind of together to see what they could build on for next season.
0: Yep, they're going nowhere. They're gonna they're gonna draft Jaheen Bell in the second round next year with the new head coach because Dan Campbell probably won't be there. But I think it's a great move for Minnesota, and I do think it signals that JMO is closer to returning than uh, being away. What else we got? What else we got? What other trades that we had? That I mean, are- the,
1: the other big one that you didn't really talk. So that was a lot for the offense. Um, there wasn't really anything else offensively mm-hmm. that there's worth talking about. Your boy, like you mentioned, Roquan Smith traded for A.J. Klein, and then they got a second and fifth in return. Question for you, though. Do you think this could mean that Patrick Queen doesn't come back to Baltimore? He's on his third year right now. So he'll be expiring after next season. And obviously if they're trading this much away for Bradley or not Bradley Chubb for Roquan Smith, they're probably going to resign him. Like you mentioned though, that linebacking core for a couple of years is going to be deadly and hopefully it can propel Baltimore to higher things. But it's also funny because I saw a meme on Twitter and it was a picture of Roquan Smith in front of Lamar Jackson, and it's them both negotiating their contracts with Baltimore, right? <laughs> because Rokon Smith is going to protect Lamar Jackson from, oh, the, from the Baltimore faithful oh, when man. they negotiate their contracts. Uh, but it's just, I think it's great for the team. It doesn't really mean much for fantasy, though. It just hopefully makes that defense a little better than it's been. But the bigger and, issue is the secondary, not the linebacking core. And the
0: other fantasy-relevant trades have already happened. Christian McCaffrey going to the 49ers. Yeah. We see how that's played out. Also Kadarius Tony. I want to revisit yeah. the Kadarius Tony trade as Kansas City had a buy. And did you see the did you see the quote from the GM of the Giants? No. That I didn't. they were talking about Tony's injury. And they said that he was scheduled to practice on Thursday before they traded. So Of course he was. Of course he's healthy. Uh, Kadarius yeah. Tony, full allotment of snaps come Sunday. He'll just yeah. be out there every play. Just what do you think about Tony now? Like what do you what do you think about Tony? Are you have you come around to it a little bit more? Do you think he's just they brought him in to be a punt returner, or do you think he can actually be a piece of this this uh, Kansas City offense?
1: I think the question is: Is can he be a piece of the Kansas City offense for the fantasy season? Right? He seems like a guy that's more of a playoff right. move. Not a lot of tape on him. You can work him into the offense slowly. They're gonna make the playoffs, so that's the big thing for me. Is is I think that Tony could be a difference maker down the stretch late in the season and into the playoffs for the fantasy season how often can you start them i don't really uh, yeah, think yeah, you can yeah, very yeah, often yeah, right we've yeah, already now. seen juju's had back-to-back great games for kansas city obviously travis kelsey's a monster mbs is having better games and performances on top of performances uh, the big guy i want to see ray actually is isaiah Pacheco. they announced him a yes. starter before the bye yes. week then they, he kind of played a little bit not a lot had the two weeks, so now how is he going to perform? And Nathan mentioned in the chat Skymore is dust. Not necessarily dust, but going to be more difficult to see him get on the field when he's probably not going to be returning punts because he drops them all the time. And they brought in Kadarius Tony for a reason. So I think that they will be trying to utilize him as well. Whether he can take Skymore's role, probably. And what like I mentioned last have? time we talked about what, role, well, does that, what role does he have? have is one thing, but I think, like I talked about, I think that some of the old packages they had for Tyree Kill is a role that Darius Tony can fill. It's not the long game, but the short area quickness, the screens, those type of quick passes. I think that's a role he can fill and bring back some old plays they used to run with a lot of effectiveness in can. they City. said
0: they wanted to give Pacheco more than more more touches. So we'll see what happens yeah. coming out of the buy. I mean it's it's obvious like we all have eyes when we watch the game it's like that guy should probably get the ball a little bit more he looks a little better than everybody else out there but ultimately uh, we had some th- normally the NFL trade deadline is very uneventful but we had some good some some we had some activity oh, yeah. and i think there are some deeper little plays that could matter in the long run although maybe not super impactful i think uh, i think there's some things that happen at the trade deadline that towards the fantasy playoffs could help us out, Jay. So there we go, good stuff going through all those trades. And Jay, you know, I, I was sitting back and I was I was listening to radio the other day, and uh, I was like, you know what, Jay? We need to do a fantasy therapy session with some of our patrons because I know times oh, are rough out here. So I, yeah. if you should join the community, it's the first of the month, so all of y'all got paid. You all have money. Seven bucks a month. Come get in the Discord, Patreon.com forward slash All Gas. We were supposed to talk about my updated rankings today, but we don't have enough time to talk about the updated rankings. We'll do that sometime next week, talk about some shifts and some changes. But I I know the people out there are, are just confused. They're hurt. They're broken, Jay. So I said... Tell me, like, give us something. We'll talk about it on the show, and we'll talk through this little fantasy therapy session. So let's pull up some therapy music, man. Let's, let's get some music going right now, Jay. Got a little, got a little elevator music. And uh, we're going to pull up a, a dilemma that one of our patrons are in, and we're going to talk through this dilemma, all right? Who do we have? We've got our boy Springer, and he's talking about wide receiver valuations. He said, we were high on Cortland Sutton when Russell Wilson was traded, and now he looks like Ass. We were high on Elijah Moore even after Garrett Wilson got drafted, and now he's stuck in purgatory. Ray GQ, help me out, sir. What do we need to really consider for offseason wide receiver evaluations, Jay? And you have not you don't know what we were gonna pull out, and you're dancing, and I don't think you're listening, so let's let's get to it. Again, we were high on Sutton, we were high on Elijah yeah. Moore. All these things happen, trades, new quarterbacks. Like he's asking what do we gotta consider when we're evaluating wide receivers, Jay? I think this is a
1: really good question. And two things. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Well well it's, two I things think a... two things for me Go ahead at least. Talent and certainty. Those are two things that neither of those players had. You need to have both. You need to have talent. Well, I don't think there's
0: there's any such thing as certainty. I don't think there's – here's something I've learned over this past week. Two things. One, one should be obvious, that there is no certainty. There is no sure thing. So as much as you go back to the beginning of this offseason, nobody, not one single person, no fantasy analyst, no NFL analyst, predicted Russell Wilson being this bad. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody said this was going to happen. This was a monumental upgrade for all the weapons in Denver. So there is no such thing as certainty. And two, Jay, one thing that is really struck me that I heard last week or a couple of weeks ago is there's very everybody talks about being objective. And I don't think there is a such thing as objectivity. No matter what situation you go into in life, you've got a little bit of bias going into that. I don't care who you are or what you're talking about. That doesn't mean that it prevents you from trying to be as objective as possible. But I don't think there's any such thing as 100%. I'm going to be completely objective in this situation because you have bias walking into it. But in the case of players like Cortland Sutton and Elijah Moore, I think they're two different situations, man. The, the jets told us Jay from day one that they wanted another receiver. They told us that. They tried to get Tyreek Hill. They spent the top 10 pick on Garrett Wilson. So why is it that in that moment, all of us kept saying, nah, Elijah's the guy, Elijah's the guy, Elijah's the guy. I think the bigger bigger takeaway in this is, I don't know how many leagues you play in, but you got to diversify. I had some Elijah Moore, and I also had some Garrett Wilson to hedge my bet because I truly did not know. So I don't know. I I think these are two completely different situations. The Cortland Sutton, Russell Wilson thing, nobody saw that coming. I mean, because the whole offseason, it was Cortland Sutton's going to be the DK Metcalf. Jerry Judy's going to be the Tyler Lockett. So don't beat yourself up too much over this. Everybody whiffed on this one. And to be honest, Jay, I don't even think it's over for Sutton and Judy. Right, no, Russell, they, Wilson's puzzles, though, Russell Wilson's not going anywhere. Russell Wilson's not going anywhere. Cortland Sutton got paid. He's not going anywhere. So while things look bleak today, Let's not overreact and be like, Cortland Sutton's dead, Russell Wilson is dead. They're not playing good football at all right now. Nobody on the Denver Broncos offense outside of Jerry Judy and Greg Dolchitz here and there are playing well. So don't, don't overreact and panic too much. But in situations like Elijah Moore, maybe, just maybe, we should be a little more cognizant of what's going on. Like, just hypothetically, Jay, if the Dallas Cowboys drafted Quentin Johnston in the first round next year, right? With, with like, I'm not fading CD lamb, but I'm looking at that. Like, yo, he's probably going to pull some of those targets away from lamb. They went out and got him for a reason. If they go out there and trade for whomever it is. So I think that's, I think that's the big lesson, right? Is diversify, diversify, have a little Sutton, have a little Jerry Judy. And then let's not ignore obvious red flags. Jay Brian Robinson, right? Remember Brian Robinson when he got drafted and, We could could talk about how the Washington situation has played out now, and it looks like Antonio Gibson is the better option, but damn, uh, they sure tried to give Brian Robinson that workload, right? The team kept telling us. So let's not ignore what the teams are telling us. So hopefully that helps you out a little bit, Springer. What else you got to
1: add, man? So the reason why I said certainty is because you look at these situations, you say, were we certain... That Zach Wilson was good. Actually, all signs were pointing to Zach Wilson not being very good. Right? You have a new head coach and new quarterback in this new system. Yeah, he's coming from you know Green Bay, successful offense, all these things. But I think the bigger thing for me is that we need to be we need to just realize that. Just because you're bringing a new pay- play caller and a new quarterback doesn't mean you're going to have success right away, right? And just because we project players to get better doesn't mean they're going to be better. And that's the only reason why I say certainty because there are situations where quarterback play is consistent, weapons are consistent, target shares are consistent. Playing with a pl- player like Mahomes, like Josh Allen, even Jalen Hurst to some degree, we kind of knew how it was going to shake out and it worked the opposite direction, right? Jalen Hurts wasn't showing a lot, but things really took off for him. Now he's, you know, a top five fantasy quarterback so you have to project and i think that's where you can be upset with yourself be yourself down but you have to project something you can't just assume things are going to stay the same you have to call your shot make your trades and like you mentioned diversifying is key because that way when you do call your shot some are going to be right some are going to be wrong players are going to get injured all these things are going to happen but i think the bigger thing is like looking at these quarterbacks and you really want players that have good quarterback play, right? You look at the Tua, who's been super efficient, even though he has great weapons. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, even Justin Herbert, who's been pretty bad, can support top wide receivers. And I think the bigger thing for me is like, these guys are worth paying for. The top quarterbacks are worth paying for. The top wide receivers with great target shares are worth paying for, right? And this, I think, is the mistake that some people make is that sometimes you go chasing the supreme ceiling of an Elijah Moore. If everything hits, if Zach Wilson hits and Elijah Moore hits and Garrett Wilson isn't heavily involved in the offense, instead of just getting a guy that you know is going to produce. Right? All right. I got one more. One
0: more. We were only going to do one, but I really wanted to talk about this one because a lot of people in the Discord brought this up. And this is from Brian Newman 13. What I learned this year is don't fall in love with your players slash prospects. JT was my favorite running back ever and helped me win a championship last year. I could have easily flipped him for three plus first and teared down to a guy like Eckler and had way more capital. Being in love with the player sometimes hurts you in the long run. Don't always chase youth and dynasty. Saw at the end of last offseason, people were trying to get rid of guys like Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, and Tyreek Hill, which made zero sense given their NFL teams investment in them people will rarely trade superstar for picks hoping to get half the production. Um, There's something I've learned, Jay, um, this season is not being in love with the player, not being in love with the prospect, trying to be more player agnostic and looking at situations and trying to capitalize on value. And I think Jonathan Taylor, it's, it's an easy example to point to this year because he's struggling, right? Had he come out and rush for 100 yards in week one and he's just smashing all season, I think the sentiment would be a little bit different. But the point still remains in my opinion. I think so many times in Dynasty, we hope, and I always say, what do I say about hope? What do I say about hope? Hope is the killer killer of of all Dynasty teams. Hope is the killer of all Dynasty teams. We hope. I hope he can do it. I hope he can become this. Hope, 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 hope. These are prospects, man. I don't care how rock solid the profile looks. It's easy to point to Trent Richardson today, but in 2009 or whenever he declared, I remember the run versus Ole Miss where he's on the sideline and he's juking out the entire team and people thought he was going to be a monster for fantasy football. I remember that. I remember when Isaiah Crowell was quote unquote better than Nick Chubb. I remember this. Oh, he's starting over Nick Chubb. We fall in love with player names so much, and it hamstrings us in Dynasty. Jay, I will trade any damn player that I have, any of them. Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Drake, Lund, it doesn't matter. Outside of the quarterback, outside of like a Josh Allen, I probably ain't moving them. But I'll trade any player. And I think so many times in Dynasty people hold on to the name or their sentiment and the belief of the player. You know you can always acquire that guy back. And if you play in multiple leagues, it's, it's okay not to have Drake London in every single league that you play in. I, it, in fact, it's almost counterintuitive to do that. You want to diversify. You want to hedge. And I know somebody said, what if I'm only in a couple of leagues? Well, that that changes the equation to a certain degree. But I think this is one that a lot of Dynasty gamers are wrestling with this year is being in love with the player and not capitalizing on the value that the player that you love presents. And you got to get out of that mind frame. You have to. Once you reach peak value, you got to go, man. Like you, that, you got to go. And I get it that prospects and they're all, it's all a risk, right? But you're just trying to hedge bets. You're trying to make, you're trying to paint the most complete picture possible with the colors that you have and I think so many times
1: just hanging on to the name is is a bad strategy in Dynasty, Jay. So I do agree with you in a lot of ways. I think it's easy for us to come up here and say, oh yeah, sell Jonathan Taylor when he's RB1, right? Because we play in a lot of leagues and it's easy for us to just move one Jonathan Taylor share. I think the bigger thing is like, if you're going to be convicted on a player and choose to hold them on your roster, just understand the risks that come with that, right? Understand that no running back ever repeats his RB1, like almost ever. And especially when it comes to Dynasty, where now on KTC, Kenneth Walker is RB1. Don't, let's not even bother getting into that right now. But the bigger thing, like you mentioned, right? It it is a trap to hold on to players for the long-term and values will go up and down. And I think this is, this kind of comes back to the conversation we had about value in terms of wide receivers, right? Alphas. And when we get into it, you're bam tier. by any means necessary tier that you have in our dynasty rankings at Patreon. So, the big thing is that you need to understand the values will go up and down. And with a player like JT, they will go up and down. RBs are very fickle and I think that's where it's an extreme case. They get super high and then anything happens and they go down like immediately. Well, the, 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 second, so, part
0: of, the second part of this though, Jay, is... A lot of people do chase youth, and I saw people bailing on Tyreek Hill, bailing on Stephon Diggs, bailing on Devontae Adams, and you know, you look at that now, and I know Devontae's not playing well, but selling Tyreek Hill for a Jahan Dotson for a random 24, 23 first-round pick... Those aren't good strategies, man. And I know it's, again, it's easy to say that now, but some guys are elite. And I think sometimes we galaxy bring shit. Don't overthink it, man. Stefan Diggs is going to be a baller until he's done playing. Tyreek Hill, until yeah. the moment he says, I don't want to play wide receiver anymore, he's going to be good. He's in an offense that's catered to him. He's getting like 13 targets a game. It's Tyreek Hill. Like, I'm not selling him for a random chance at Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnston. Get the fuck out of here, man. Like, I'm not trading Diggs for any of that. I think we galaxy brain stuff so much when in, in at the end of the day, man, at the end of the day think about all that preseason hype for all these rookies remember how awful the 2022 class was yet we reached the point in the offseason where everybody wanted these guys everybody wanted these guys when it's time to strap on the pads these coaches are going to throw out players that they trust players that are proven until you prove it you're not the guy until london proves that he's not the guy until Kenneth Walker was able to prove it, he's not the guy. Brees Hall proved it; he became the guy. So I, I'm, I'm not moving off of the digs in the hills. Like, I'm just, I'm not doing it. I'm playing in a two to three year window, man. And I can always go back and get these rookies. And just remember that as we enter into a quote unquote good draft class for 2023. Watch the hype around these cats, man. Watch the hype once OTAs and mini camp starts around all these rookies in a class that we objectively cannot view side by side with. We, we, we already are going into this saying that these rookies are way better than 2022 rookies. And watch how that's going to influence uh, Tyreek's 29. Uh, Stephon Diggs is 30. Uh, Cooper Cup is 30. I don't want any of these guys anymore. And you know what's going to happen, Jay? They're going to turn around next NFL season and smash, smash. Smash. Yeah. They're just gonna keep doing it. So there we go. All right. There it is.
1: <laughs> it's good. It's right. good. Ray preaching on the wide receivers. I thought that was my job. And here you are. Wide yeah, receivers. AJ Brown, it? wide receiver one. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Jay. Anything you want to say to people before we get out of here? No, man. Go get yourself some coffee. Michelle adoro go to the website, send the yes. link in the description. Please, I'm telling you, man. It's so good. I drink probably three cups a day. I got to get some more, actually. But Mm. it's all right. It's all right. Ray, you killed it, man. People talking about I'm patiently waiting, interrupts. No, I'm just listening, taking in the information. You can interrupt. Wait, you said Kenneth Walker?
0: Kenneth Walker what?
1: (laughs) Running back one on KTC. Our boy Jordan Backus threw that in the chat yesterday. Um, Yeah, insane. RB1. RB1. Jonathan Taylor's like RB2 now, I think.
0: What do you think about that? It's
1: ridiculous. It's ridiculous, man. Come on. Like, no. We were supposed I like, I to, get out, we were supposed to get out of
0: here, and then you said that, and you've completely. Uh, you've I think completely Kenneth Walker's grown. great. I don't think RB1 he's RB one though on KC. RB
1: yeah, RB1. RB1. one, yeah, RB one, RB 1-1-1. I think like ninth overall or something like that, maybe tenth overall. You still got like AJ Brown and Chase Jefferson, all those guys ahead of him, but yeah, RB one, Kenneth Walker. Wow. There's no clear RB one in dynasty. Doesn't exist. Who's two? No longer. Who's two? JTN. JT. No, JT. JT.
0: JT's two, who's three? Just curious. I don't know. I didn't look that far. I didn't look that far. Hold on, let me see. Yeah.
1: Man. How it goes, man.
0: Yeah, man. How
1: it goes. God, I don't that
0: complete. I did not know that. You you you've you've broken news to me with Chase Edmonds, and you've broken news with me. Uh, uh, Saquon
1: Barkley is Saquon is RB
0: is RB what?
1: Three. And then Christian McCaffrey. RB four.
0: Then Brace Hall. RB five. Whew. Jay. All right. All right, people. Man, Patreon.com forward slash all gas. Get in the group. More fantasy therapy possessions coming soon. Uh we got Friday show. I don't think we'll do the rankings on Friday. We got to talk games. We got to do all of that. Yeah. And then uh yep. we'll get into that next week at some point in time. Not so, so obvious sure. starts of the week, baby. Yeah, not so obvious starts of the week. We got week nine buys, no giants. They're off the schedule. Lots of buys. Lots of Lots buys of this lies. week. Yeah. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to weather the storm, but we do get some good players back. Thursday night football. We got the uh Eagles and the
1: Texans, Jay. You ready for it? Eagles are going to win by 30. But yeah, week eight, week nine buys, Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, 49ers, Steelers, and Giants. Big week of buys this week.
0: All right, man. We're out of this thing. Y'all be here. We'll see y'all on Friday. We out. Peace. Patreon.com forward slash AllGas gives you that access. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter for free 99 content. And if you want to get in on that action, use the promo code Wake Up over on prize Picks for a 100% deposit match up to $100 for first-time users and a brand new show dropping on the Mojo YouTube channel. Myself and Jay Rich will be talking about these players and their value from a stock market perspective every single week this fall over on Mojo.